I have anxiety issues. Big time anxiety issues. I never knew that what I was going through is exactly called as anxiety to begin with. When I was younger, I thought that, you know, what I was going through was situations of something wrong. As in, like, there's something wrong with me, or there's something wrong with my friends, and I'm not being accepted by people. And the feelings that I had where I used to, you know, cry, feel sad, bottle up, stop talking to people. And, you know, it further progressed in different phases of my life. And during the final phase, which is the phase that I am in right now, was what determined all the phases that I've been through as anxiety. Hey guys, my name is Joe, and you're listening to Hashtime with Joe. This podcast is about my life as a tomboyish introverted teen, whilst I express my fondness towards my hobbies, which I'm very passionate about. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on Hashtime with Joe. I hope you are all doing well during this lockdown. Um, I'm not sure whether I am, though, because, um, our lockdown has been extended for an extra 15 days, and I guess that they will probably extend it till July 1st, but for now it's 15 days, so let's hope that we are over by, you know, 15 days and we're able to go out again. And I am, yes, under one of the containment zones in my country, not the best time. So today's episode is going to actually highlight anxiety. Um, Back in September 2019, I had written a post on my blog about having anxiety and how I faced anxiety. So when I met final stage, uh, final phase, sorry, in my intro, and when I stated that as the stage that I am in now, it meant the stage where I had discovered that I have been having anxiety in phases until you know the state where I had finished it off for like that current phase so I haven't gone into a new phase of anxiety yet don't worry but yes the I have undergone anxiety in phases and I still do have anxiety over you know a little stuff which can be considered in a wholesome as social anxiety which is what I go through now um, uh, I like to say that um, I've not been to a therapist. Um, I don't have, you know, a clinical diagnosis on anxiety and, you know, social anxiety and everything. But um, I took psychology throughout my high school. Uh, as in grade 11 and 12, I took psychology. And over, over like a few talks and consults with my psychology teacher on the subject, and you know, we, we relate life experiences. So, going through all of that, we, we thought that I, we didn't think, like, we understood that I have gone and I have social anxiety, which is getting a little bit better now. So, yeah, according to that diagnosis, as long as with a little bit of research that I've done, I have understood that I have social anxiety. Um, my social anxiety, I think, started when I was um, 
around fourth or fifth grade. I mean, first um, when I w- my first phase of anxiety was actually through bullying. Most of my anxiety was mo- always on bullying, and the anxiety that came out of it was the trauma of being bullied or the trauma of going to be bullied. So basically, bullying in general was what caused my anxiety in the first place. Um, I did go through a minor phase of bullying in my elementary school from first grade to third grade, but then I felt that moving to another country would be a fresh start. And yes, it wasn't the case though. I mean, the bullying when I was younger was because um, it wasn't actually all because of my color though. Um, It was mostly because um, I was surrounded by um, a culture group of people who were A, the same age as me, and B, the same heritage as me. So when you're surrounded by that kind of community, you don't, you know, expand much. I mean, in your friendship circle, yes, you would talk to other people and, you know, um, have friends and everything, but you don't mostly, you know, fully expand much in your friendship base. And being a person who was an introvert, even when I was younger, I mean, I I wouldn't be, like, so shy to talk to people, but yet I try avoiding it as much as I can. So, you know, talking to people wasn't, like, the most easiest thing for me even back then. And, um, being under the same culture base would obviously mean, as I said before, not expanding your friendship base, and that caused a lot of problems. So, yes, I went through it in minor amounts because I wasn't a person who was ready to, you know, uh, play or run around and stuff like that. Um, I wasn't that kind of person who was athletic enough. But it, it escalated to a greater degree once I moved countries and, you know, started fourth grade to seventh grade. The main cause was, yes, athletic. I wasn't athletic. Um, I spoke English in complete sentences where people here did not. Um, I seemed like that whole complete different kid and I didn't like fit in as easily as I thought I would. But I did enjoy my time despite, you know, being bullied. Um, it, it was kind of like a hard phase, but um, it, it caused like more severity in the level of bullying that I've undergone through all the phases of, you know, my anxiety. So, um, first grade to third grade, I had no anxiety at all. Although I was an introvert, I, and I still, you know, wasn't really able to talk to people that well, um, I didn't undergo anxiety then. The anxiety started when I was in fifth grade or sixth grade, where I'd used to, you know, feel so bad and feel so guilty and you know try to shut myself out from everybody under the thought that you know I wasn't you know being accepted by everybody so that you know form of you know introversion was like really really severe um the only thing that I do is you know read books all the time and um that was like more of a safe haven for me even now I actually try to, you know, change myself and um, try to fit in more. I mean, not at a major scale, but there were minor changes that I tried to do, but then the second I tried them, they immediately failed, so there wasn't much of an effect to, like, make sure I did it to fit in. 
Um, instead, it got worse. Instead of you know trying to you know change myself for the better and then trying to fit in, um, I think the main minor changes that I did was like you know try to you know uh, connect with them in their language. But then yes, I failed once again because I am not familiar with the language. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I did struggle through that part when I was trying to connect, and um, it 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 became a point where I had to switch schools. I mean, it went that bad, <laughs> not too bad, but I was the one who made the decision saying that I wanted to change schools because of this reason, and that I can't take it anymore. Um, so yeah, changing schools did give a you know different perspective. But in entirety, it didn't stop at all. Um, I mean, it, it it stopped within a phase of bullying. So I had, you know, I had finished the, you know, phases of undergoing bullying from, you know, from first grade to seventh grade. But um, this was um, a different form. This was more of influence. So um, I think around ninth grade or tenth grade, when everyone was trying to, you know, do that popular kind of thing, and you know, trying to change themselves for the better and all that stuff, I tried that too.、Um, I tried being the cool kid. I, you know, like I said, my first episode in my reflections, I tried to change myself, but not. Like I said,、um, most of my change wasn't, you know, pretty obvious kind of change and like pretty drastic. Until you know the final phase, which is high school.、Um, uh, high school, yes, I did take. Almost, I tried to have fun and you know took stuff for granted and all that kind of stuff, but that actually put me in a very bad space because like that wasn't who I was, and every time I tried to change myself to you know be that new person, I it was like putting on a mask and going to school for me. And when I tried, like you know, changing myself, and if I made a mistake in the process, it got me, you know, feeling so bad on many levels. The first few minutes would be like, I made a mistake, and then the next few minutes would be like, Why did I change myself for that? And then various reasons build up more and more and more, and then it, it all bursts out in a point where I can't, you know, do anything anymore. So that was ninth grade. No, not even ninth grade. I think it was tenth grade and eleventh grade was the phase of influence. But then once again, the phase of bullying did come back for a short period of time in twelfth grade. But this time, I think I handled it better than expected. Although the anxiety through it was a bit more than the time that I had. In seventh grade and sixth grade, and you know fourth to seventh grade, which was like ultimate major bullying,、um, the anxiety was a bit more because I understood at that time that what I was going through was anxiety. Because when people were elected for our council, I wasn't elected, and I knew that you know if I was elected to you know be a member of the council, I would immediately reject the letter. I I made the idea of rejecting the letter back in tenth grade like pretty clear to my head because if you're given a post in twelfth grade and in twelfth grade is which is the time which I have to perform well I can't be you know filled with duties and filled with stuff that I have to you know prepare and do and everything I mean it was a major task that I wasn't ready to take the responsibility for 
So I knew that I'd reject it even if I got it. But yet the fact that people, you know, try to, you know, take me for granted and trash and everything just because, you know, I didn't fit in within their community and all that kind of stuff was a bit harsh, a bit mean. Uh, no offense to anyone. But yes, it was a bit mean for me, but it was a phase where nobody was sure of what was happening i mean the first two or three months in our school was you know haywire because they have had a system for like almost i think 10 years the school's run yes the school's going to be in its ninth or tenth year but from 2012 to 2019 20 they have had the system and the system has been running pretty smoothly but in 2019 and 2020, the system took a turn and the system was behind schedule. So when the system went behind schedule, it meant that, you know, there would be glitches. And when there were glitches, you had to, you know, rephase them and get back up on track and get moving. So with glitches in the system, people were concerned, people were curious. There were people who were pretty tensed about what was going to happen for like those first two months. And during that time when I felt that I was, you know, being treated like trash and when I tried to change, um, I did, yes, I did do a bit, few minor changes, but um, uh, I did go back to normalcy once. I realized that, you know, changing is gonna is not going to help. It took me, I think, a week or two to understand that even after changing, nothing is going to help. And then I started, you know, pushing myself away from human contact as much as possible. But yes, I um, pulled through. through um, so I don't think that is, you know, an inconvenience anymore. However... Um, there are, you know, other things which make me socially anxious, which is, yes, of course, talking to people, but majorly talking to people via a phone, as in, you know, texting someone or, you know, calling someone. I have, you know, major fears of that, to be precise. Um, I don't know why I developed a fear to, like, text people or call people. Um, I think it was an incident in seventh grade or so. When um, I was, you know, taken as the person who reads a lot. Yes, that is a good thing, but it became a subject of controversy. And um, I, I do laugh about it now. But at the time when I tried to voice my opinion, the words weren't sufficient enough to voice the strongness in my opinion, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I felt back then, but... I know that that was the reason which caused me to not text and a few incidences before, but I'm not sure which incidences before. <sighs> but um, uh, I think a few collective incidences which are not in my memory at the moment caused this because mostly most of my anxiety is because of trauma. And um, I am not a person who uses my phone a lot, and um, even though I got my phone, my, my first phone, I mean, when I was in 8th grade, I guess, 7th or 8th grade was when I got my first phone, but when I got my phone, I wasn't that keen of a texting person. Um, yes, I'd call people occasionally, but I wasn't someone who was really willing to text people first, 
and yes initiating a conversation was pretty slim as well so um yeah so i'll put all of that together and the answer would be i still fear text <laughs> even now actually i'm slowly trying to get out of it like really really slowly trying to get out of it it's pretty hard i have to you know admit that it's pretty hard but um I think that if I, like, try to put the effort, I might be able to get out of it, but not, you know, like, fully get out of it. The fear might be, you know, may still be there, but at least I'd be able to, you know, text a bit more freely. Also, another topic of discussion that has come up with my anxiety is, you know, me posting stuff on a public platform. And trust me, that was more scarier than even, you know, talking to people. That was, like, you know, projecting myself in public, and I knew that if... Even if I show my true self to people, one itty little mistake that I make in whatever I say or do can, you know, either A, influence a bunch of people, or B, cause a lot of hate. And I didn't want that because I'm pretty sensitive and self-conscious over, you know, what I say, what I do, and how I act. So, um, having three content platforms, a blog, a podcast, and since yesterday a youtube channel along with social media platforms which would be my instagram my twitter which i don't you know open that much i mean i have a twitter yes i try to use it as much as i can but i am you know how do i say this i don't have that much of an input or an update from a twitter rather than the updates and inputs i get from instagram to be honest because i am not familiar with the platform as of yet so I am slowly learning how to use the Twitter platform, so once I get there, I think I might, you know, have a fan base or, you know, set followers there. But again, yes, that Tumblr, um, Goodreads for, you know, the books I read, but that's not much active. I don't think I'd call that platform, um, a LinkedIn account, so... So, I'd say I have three major continent platforms and three to four social media promoting platforms which promote whatever content that I post, what I write, and, you know, some external stuff that I might, you know, put on there just to, you know, make it a different entity altogether. But, like I said, having all these platforms to, you know, promote my content and project my content to the world, it is a bit scary to say that, um, you know, the itty little mistake can cost me, the fact that, you know, putting out content out there can bring hate, comments, and all of that, but I, I had that inferiority complex inside me, which, you know, brought me a lot of confidence uh, to, you know, level down when I first started. I think, back in 10th grade I wasn't you know so into it because I was even more self-conscious than I was now and even now yes I am self-conscious of what I do and how I post but it wasn't as much as then I mean now I'm a bit more free to like you know put content that I like for example uh, when it came to making the music platform I was pretty unsure on whether the music platform would work out whether I'd be able to post as often whether I'd you know be truly into it as I think I am but even though I do listen to a lot of music and all of that but I didn't know how much the output would be but now that I see it even though it doesn't have a lot of output 
that I expect. I mean, yes, it gets views, it gets likes and everything, but at the end of the day, I'm happy to post something that I like and talk about without having the fear of people to judge over it. So, yes, judgment is something which would come along with posting content, but um, moving out of it and making sure to bring myself out of that anxiety to, you know, put myself out there was a pretty hard task for me to do. So, if you think that I'm a content creator and um, me having anxiety issues would be like pretty slim, you might, you, you're actually wrong. Being a content creator is totally different from, you know, um, interacting with people and talking with people and having anxiety. Because for me, uh, interacting on a platform is just where I post my stuff and I do have the option of disabling comments for whatever I post. You, you can just like it. You don't have to like, you know, post your hate and all of that. I still have the opportunity to do that. But when it comes to talking to people, it's a two-way conversation. It's not a one-way thing where you just post stuff and then you can walk away from it if you have the need to. So, yes, it was and is a big struggle for me, and I think I'm slowly moving out of it. So, that's it for this week's episode on anxiety. Now let's move on to what I did for the week. Okay, for this week, I have a lot to say. Uh, let's start with my culinary skills. So apart from making pancakes, um, sandwiches, and you know, pretty basic stuff, I learned how to make smoothies. I mean, smoothies are aesthetically pleasing to look at, especially those montages of people, you know, pouring them into their bowls and everything. So I made a banana mango and a banana pineapple along with homemade an almond milk which I made with brown sugar instead of dates which are you know kind of an optional choice I do like the sweetening flavored dates however I didn't have dates at home so I resorted to brown sugar instead and I also made uh, Dalgona coffee uh, last weekend so um, yes uh, the whipping took a long time it took around an hour I guess to whip it I didn't take a picture though because um, I liked the taste it was worth it but the effort was too stressful and by the time I pour the whipped cream into the cup I was pretty exhausted to like even you know take a picture show a montage and everything I wasn't you know pretty interested in it um, but the taste was pretty good, and I might try it again sometime, and maybe next time I might be able to take a picture for you guys. Uh, for the show's front, um, I am currently watching this K-drama called Tunnel. Um, 16 episodes. Um, there's this in, in 1985 dude who is a person who's worked 10 years in the violent crimes unit. He runs into this tunnel searching for a villain who's a serial killer and when he tries to catch him he runs further into the tunnel and then comes out 30 years into the future. So the serial killing is still continuing 30 years later but the incident is like not known to the public. So the only way he can fix it is to catch the killer 30 years in the future. 
Um, for music, I have a lot to talk about <laughs> in this front. So uh, last week, I think the 21st to 22nd of May, Augusty had dropped in his new mixtape called uh, D2. Um, I like Moonlight, Detitua, um, Hansel, People, and um, Interlude Set Me Free. Uh, what do you think? And um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, oh my god. Dear My Friend. Yes, yes, yes. Dear My Friend. So, yeah, those two I actually started liking recently because of that V Live that RM and Jin had made. <laughs> Her arm keeps dropping in lines like crack lines, like every five to ten seconds. He's like, he drops in lines from both those songs, and I started liking it just because of the crack. I'm sorry, but it was so funny. And um, once again, I made another playlist. Um, this playlist is called Currently, and I have branched out from the two ultimate bands that I've been listening to in K pop. I always listen to BTS, which is like, I know, an all-around jam when it comes to K-pop for me. Uh, 80s was, I think, since October. I started listening to a lot of 80s as well, but I haven't branched out really much. EXO, I did listen to a little bit, and then I listen to a lot of, you know, other bands here and there. I just don't, you know, put in the effort as much to listen to them under, you know, an obsessed all-around clock kind of thing. So these songs I am pretty interested in, and... I shall play a few, or I think maybe all of them for you. <laughs> Depends. Um, but I'll play my ultimate favorites from, all, uh, from the entire playlist, I guess. So, um, first off, copyright, and second, I think I'll play like 30 seconds of the song. Next up, we have Writing by NCT Dream. Okay, so um, that's it for writing. Um, next song is um, Answer by ATs. Okay, um, that's it for Answer by ATs, and um, the next one is um, Hala Hala, which is, I think, um, kind of like an obsession for like the past few days, I guess. got a bit carried away there but um here's my favorite part which is actually the chorus of the song also copyright to that Oh, 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 oh,
Okay, I don't know how much of <laughs> copyright that is going to be, but <laughs> um, next song was Can't You See Me by um, TXG. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna give you guys that much of. Can't you see me? Um, what's the next one? You calling my name by God Seven. Okay, I'm gonna fast forward this. Okay, this is my favorite part. Okay, that's it for this one. Um, okay, the next one is um, oh, yeah, fantasy. Okay. Okay, I think that's it for fantasy as well. I mean, I love the dan the the beginning part, but um, we all know anything beyond a minute is gonna kill me for copyright. So um, next is um, yeah, my pace. Uh, this one's by Stray Kids, by the way. Okay, that's it for <laughs> my pace by Stray Kids. What's the other one? I, elevator. Okay, I'm in love, but uh, wait, let me fast forward that to a bit.
okay, that's it for um, <laughs> elevator as well. Um, okay, what's the other one? Yeah, I think yeah, this one is a jam. Blue flame by uh, Astro. Okay, I'm gonna fast forward that a bit. Okay, uh, that's kind of like my favorite part in the entire song. I haven't listened to it that much, but um, it's good. This is Boom by uh, NCT Dream, the next one that I'm going to play. Um, sorry for playing it in the background, but um, I'm trying to forward it to the chorus. Okay, um, what else is there? Uh, okay, oh, this is BTS. BTS, BTS, BTS. Uh, D2. Yeah, this is my ultimate favorite in 80s. Like, I love this, and my first favorite is Win, so. I'll give you a preview of this, actually. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to forward to the chorus. Okay, okay. Okay, my favorite is like the same part in the end. Okay. Wait, let me let me try to catch that. Okay, I think it's here. I think it's here. Okay, that, that's like my ultimate favorite in the entire like song, but this is my second favorite from, uh, the first favorite was Win from 80s, but this is like my second favorite, so I think, yeah, that's it, uh, yeah, that's the entire, <laughs> that's the entire current playlist, but there's more in there, um, you can go and check out my Spotify, which is linked as always in the, um, podcast description, I will link up the playlist that I just played songs from in this episode's description so that you guys can go and play whatever I just played for you guys. Um, also, um, I had mentioned that I made a YouTube channel, so uh, since yesterday, actually, um, I made a cover called Unrestrained. Um, 
sorry, from the Drama Untamed, which is the OST, The Unrestrained, on my Vina. And I finally made it into a video, rendered it, and I have posted it on YouTube. Um, so the link is in my, in no, is it? No, it's not my Instagram, so I'll put the link to my YouTube channel in the episode description as well, and I will put a link to the video that I am mentioning, as in my first YouTube cover and video, in this episode's description along with the currently playlist Spotify episode. So you, be sure to check it out, and um, if you follow my blog or if you know you know my blog, you can also check my blog out for link because um, I posted the entire video there as well. So either a you can go to my blog and check it out which would have the video directly for you guys or you can you know go to a link which I'm gonna link here in the episode description so that you guys can check the video that I made so my plan for making the channel is to like you know post in uh, YouTube covers uh, sorry <laughs> music covers which are played from my Vina from various songs um, my next cover is ignite I'm almost done practicing so I shall make that into a video as well and you know put it up there so as for you know other content related to music um break the silence had just finished yesterday and um my honest reviews on it actually i started watching it this week i knew that it came uh, five episodes that came out from the you know uh, i think when i viewed it on last saturday or sunday five episodes were out um, but yes, I knew five episodes were out by then, but actually, um, I wasn't all too interested to, you know, watch it first, but then when I saw, it, uh, when I saw the reviews for it, um, I was like, okay, let's give it a shot, because I knew that Burn the Stage and Bring the Soul were more of, you know, those documentary series where they just try to show, like, the reality of a K-pop idol and how difficult it is for, you know, a K-pop idol to perform off stage as well as on stage, uh, seeing their life throughout, and then uh, showing us that see we're not the person that we are people who perform on a concert on stage, but we do have lives outside it, and the difficulty to put together songs and come up on stage is pretty difficult. And then the ways that we improve day by day ha has shown us where we stand and how we move on and everything. So, um, since I saw that kind of a phase throughout Bring the Soul and Burn the Stage from, like, showing what, who they truly are inside and how they don't portray themselves as the ideal K-pop idol from Burn the Stage as well as the development of, you know, where they stand and how they improve for their fan base through Bring the Soul, um, it felt like Br Break the Silence was going to be the same thing. And sure enough, it was for, like, the first two or three episodes where they, like, show how they, you know, from the point of, you know, starting to make, you know, group songs and everything, people, uh, the band, as in the members itself, started, you know, making their own songs, and they started, you know, trying out songwriting, and instead of, like, starting putting pressure on, like, two, which is RM and Suga, I think, are the main, you know, lyric writers, um, Jimin, Jin, and a few others had started, you know, V, as well, I think. I think those three, like, started writing single songs, and they tried taking up songwriting during the, um, s during the episodes. So they show you the area, the era from, like, Love Yourself, um, the end, towards the end of Love Yourself, 
and we stopped at I think Paris I guess for the previous break, break bring the soul so they they show the era between love yourself and speak yourself to like the entire end of speak yourself so um when they show that people were writing songwriting and they were improving it seemed more of like the a mix of burn the sage and bring the soul concept where they show that you know we we stress on what we're doing and we're all human and all those phrases so first four or five episodes were kind of you know giving me those vibes but um it was it was good uh, I wouldn't say it was all bad entirely, but it, it gave me a few of those vibes. And um, I was like, oh, sure, okay, this is nice. And then I kept watching. But then episodes six and seven, like, completely broke me. Um, because um, as the episodes progressed, they kept forcing themselves under the idea of disbanding. Because um, 2018, like um, Jin said in the Mama speech, when I think they got the Daesang Award, uh, I'm not sure when... And was it the Daesang or the word artist? Um, I think one of them was for Idol. And then, I don't know, it was a major award. I think it was the Daesang. Yes, it's the Daesang. And um, th it was, I think, the third or fourth year in a row that they got the Daesang award. So, um, yeah, third year, third year, not fourth year. Fourth year was 2019, sorry. Third year in a row that they got the Daesang award. And um, Jin, in his speech, was like, um, I'm so happy that we still haven't disbanded yet because earlier this year we were planning to, you know, disband and we were having these immense thoughts of disbanding even though we're, like, a big popular band. And um, th since it was during that phase, which was um, the time of... December, January, February, the thoughts of, you know, disbanding from the previous, which is January, February, March of 2018, like, sunk in really deeply that time. The entire focus was, like, um, towards the end, it, it gave in a whole new light. It was, like, we have to accept the inevitable and understand that one day we are a band and that we may disband any time. And the fact that what our life would be without us as a band known as BTS is something we will not be able to imagine at all right now because the only thing we can think of right now to compensate the feeling of, you know, the inevitable happening at any point in our lives is to enjoy what we have now, which is what RM said. And I, like, completely cheered up during those last two episodes. I mean, the entire episode was focused on, you know, we disband, we might disband, but now we're not disbanding. And coming to that decision that we won't disband now was like pretty hard because the thoughts of disbanding were on, in, on our heads constantly. Even now they are, but back then when we thought of disbanding, it was like pretty constant. It was like an idea which was inevitable and we didn't know what to do and we panicked. I mean, their fan base would have panicked even more than they did, but it was a bit cheerful to see that they, like, suffered a lot throughout the process of, like, you know, trying to disband and, you know, trying to accept the fact that they're going to leave. I mean, yes, they're human, they can't keep making music forever, but, um, it's, how do I say, when you become too attached to something, bringing yourself away from it is a bit tough. I think I'm going to end it at that. As for the books, <laughs> Red Queen, Lord of Shadows, and, um, what's the other book that I'm reading? I don't know, it was, pr it was, yeah, it was a book from 1996, um, I read, I think, 36 pages, but then I had to pay for it, then I was like, nah, and then I tried searching for it, I couldn't get it anywhere, so, 
It became a DNF'd book to my sadness. <laughs> so I think that's it for this week's episode. Um, this episode is, I guess, pretty long. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't know. Last week, I don't think I was in the mood to make, you know, such immense content. I think I left a lot of what I did throughout the week in, you know, last week's content. I mean, I didn't have much content prepared, so seeing that I have more content prepared now, I think this is going to, like, overcompensate for the lack of content. <laughs> um, be sure to follow my blog, as always, www.innovativeideas.com. Instagram is at innovative underscore ideals, and Twitter is at innovative ide16. I will see you guys in next week's episode. Bye, guys.